Hey, man. This is Rob Lee from Mastermind Team's Robcast, and you're checking out the Profile Pod with Andy. You're watching Profile Pod TV with Double A, and always remember to take it easy. Thank you. A million thanks to you. Can't thank you enough. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I say it every week, but I, but you know what? I mean it from the bottom of my heart because without an audience, there's nothing, right? We have nothing. So my, my, uh, again, thank you so much for being here. Uh, don't forget to subscribe on uh, YouTube. If you want to show support, that's one way you can show support is to uh, subscribe to the channel, subscribe to the, to the profile pod TV, uh, click on that little red button or purple button. I should say at the, bottom right-hand corner of your screen, and it's all good. Leave us a rate and review on uh, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. Follow me on Instagram, interact. Tell me how much you hate me, love me, I don't care, whatever. I just want I just want you to interact. I love feedback from the audience, and uh, it's always fun to do that. So seriously, yeah, yeah hit me up on, on DM. If you, if, you're think, if you want to be on this, on this podcast, um, if you think you're doing something inspirational, motivational to inspire the human spirit, then hit me up on, on Instagram, shoot me a DM at ProfilePodTV underscore. You guys know the deal. So I love uh, bringing on uh, individuals who are doing just that, you know, doing uh, inspirational things. And tonight we have someone who's doing just that. This gentleman has traveled the world. He's, uh, he's a performer. And he's a man after my own heart because I love to perform. I love doing the podcast. I love to be an entertainer. And he is he's done it on a grand scale, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you that. He's worked for Britney Spears. He's worked with Pink, um, among others. And like I said, he's he's been everywhere. He, he's here to tell us a little bit of his story, give us a glimpse of who he is. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, please welcome Mr. Nico O'Connor. How are you, sir? I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Cue the sound effect there, Nico. Hey, man, thank you so much for being here, taking the time. I know you're a busy person. You're a busy man. How uh, How's everything going today? I know you're in uh, Los Angeles. What's going on? Los Angeles, yeah. Things are great. Uh, I, I had a workout this morning, hung out with some friends, went to the pool. Um, I can't complain. Like... Things, things are definitely looking up and opening up as people get their vaccines. So I I can say I'm definitely um, in in good spirits for for what for the opening reopening of LA and industry here in LA. Yeah, isn't it great? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm here in Southern California as well, and I'm feeling the vibes as well, Nico. Things are starting to get back to normal. Things are opening up, and and yeah, I I can't emphasize it enough how how good that feels. And and you know you're in Southern California when you're you're at the pool in late March, right? <laughs> I was gonna say it was like it reached like 87 or 88, and I was like it's only like spring, but we're in like this like in between where like next week it's gonna go down to the 70s again. And um, it's going to pop up again. But, like, could you imagine our summer is going to be 
probably insane. But I can't complain because Vegas is probably going to be even worse. So that's why I'm like, California, we're spoiled. Like, it's good weather out here. And that's why we pray. We, we pray. We pray and we pay <laughs> Yeah. what we do. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, Nico. No doubt. It's, uh, yeah, you, you summed it up, man. It's going to be <laughs> quite the scene this summer, man, because, you know, people have been cooped up and, uh, you know, it's it's gonna be fun, man. It's gonna be hopefully everybody stays safe, but safe and healthy, yeah. Right, exactly. That's number one, of course. And um, and speaking of California, you are from Northern California. You grew up in Northern California, correct? I did. I did. I grew up. Um, I I I was born in Redwood City, California, but um, grew up in San Bruno, South San Francisco. Uh, that was my whole like elementary school kind of life. And then went to middle school. It was like my parents knew that once I had changed to school, they would move us. So once we, once I finished elementary school, we had landed in San Mateo. That's where my mom and dad were kind of working. So San Mateo and then from San Mateo, they actually were saving for, to buy a house in Antioch, and then when I was in finally in high school, like we were living in Antioch, and that was like the end of my journey with my parents. But then I moved myself to Concord before moving to LA. So I was kind of like bouncing around, but my parents were always like, "Let's let them finish school, save up, let's move somewhere else." And then they finally got like their dream house in Antioch. Gotcha. Yeah. East Bay. Yeah. East Bay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, familiar with all those. Cities, man. Nico, and I'm getting ahead of myself. Can you do me a favor, man? Let's back up just a little bit. Yeah. Tell, uh, tell us a little bit about what you do now. Um, just a little snapshot of, of yeah, of who Nico O'Connor is, man. Okay, well, Nico O'Connor now is um, a dancer, a uh, choreographer, a dance teacher. Like, I really pride myself on, like, being a really great dance instructor. Um but um, I'm also a creator, a performer. I feel like I, I ho I've i been a host of shows. Like I like to be on the mic. I like to be like a comedian at times, but like I still haven't honed in on that, but I love that. I love to sing, but I don't have the skills to. So I'm just like an artist all around that like will dive in to be like maybe this like personality later in life once I can't do the dancing, you know what I'm saying? I love to perform. I've uh, been doing it since I was a child. And that's what I moved to LA for. So now I'm now uh, a choreographer and a dance instructor in LA professionally. That's what I do. Bam, I appreciate it. And forgive me, I forgot to mention that choreographer slash dance instructor piece in the intro. Forgive me. Horrible interviewer. You're just like <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I'm, I'm, I'm doing the best i can Nico. Uh, you're fine <laughs> i'm just kidding um no but you know um going back to northern california right now were you uh, a dancer since day one uh or did you is that something that you discovered later on uh, in life um no i wasn't i i it was like Maybe when I was 16 that I was like freestyling in my room and it was literally to probably like Christina Aguilera 
maybe I wasn't thinking like I wanted to be the dancer. Maybe I was thinking I was like, I wanted to be Christina Aguilera, but um, I was having the best time living in my bedroom and just enjoying the music, enjoying the movement, trying to replicate that feeling that comes from like, I don't know, like being in a music video, being in a production. That's what like made me feel excited. Like I was like, I got to get ready for this like performance. And what was funny was like, I was like always dancing in my room when I was like 16. And then all of a sudden my dad or mom would walk in and I'd be like, holy shit. Like <laughs> what, what? And I, I'd be so embarrassed and come to find, find out later in life, like, I was like, that's what's going to be my moneymaker. That's what made me money. That's what, like, drove me. But I was so embarrassed to be, like, wanting to be a part of that culture of, like, uh, music videos and dance and, like, performance, uh -huh. you know? That fucking drove me. And that made me excited. That fucking, like, lit a fire in me. And I, and I love that. Yeah, yeah. So at the age of sixteen, that's why, like, I, I realized I was like, this is something. Wow. Okay. So, but not like when you were a school age kid, you know, young kid, seven, eight, nine, ten. Dancing wasn't a part of your life in any way. I had no idea. I had no idea what was gonna happen. I was just listening. Well, no, I was a troublemaker. I wasn't listening to my parents. Uh, <laughs> but music was always around. Music was always around. And um, my grandma let me watch a lot of MTV when I came home from school. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And who were some of those early influences, Nico, uh, watching MTV, right? Uh, who were some of those performers, dancers, musicians that really inspired you back then? I, I literally, I have list. It's like it's like Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson, Mariah Carey. It's it's. Uh, all for one. I don't know if people know all for one. Color me bad. Like oh, oh yeah. So good. Um, just like fun ass R and B mixed with hip hop music. Um, but I definitely remember watching musicals too. Like Little Shop of Horrors was like my jam. And uh so between musical oh, Paula Duel, oof, Paula Duel, Michael Jackson. Like, I grew up in that era where music was so rich and, and, and the visual behind it was so powerful and made you want to listen to the music because the visual was so powerful behind it. But I don't know if people nowadays realize, like, when you have a powerful visual behind your music, it can drive people to want to listen to your music, you know? Um, cause that's the power of marketing and, yeah. and just like the visuals behind it, it might be a shitty song, but like if, if you have a visual behind it, people are going to want to like, sit, like listen to it because you're like, they, they feel, they feel what they saw, you know? So that, that was me at a young age watching it and wanting to be a part of it and literally trying to learn. Like I was studying and I didn't even know that. I was studying the movement and I was like, I can do that. And and then trying to replicate it at a young age too. Wow. Well, yeah, no doubt. No doubt, man. Yeah. Imagery 
and energy are yes. critical. Ooh, Imagery and energy. I love that. Right? Uh, and mar yeah, marketing, that, that's huge, man. And you, you're, um, you, you hit it right on the head for me, Nico, because I grew up in that same, well, I'm probably a little bit old, older than you are, but man, I, I might. I don't think so. Try me. Try me. I was born in 76. Okay, you are. <laughs> see, so see, I, I'm, but I grew up. In the, <laughs> you're six years older than me. And that's that's why. <laughs> uh, you know, my wheelhouse is the '80s and the '90s, man. You know, so I grew up to all of that, man. All of that too. You know, music and, was so good back then. It was so, oh. so rich and so different, and I don't know. It was just like it was a different time. It, it's not. It's not. It's different. And I'm gonna. I'm not gonna knock what music is today, because today it, it's rich to the people that exist right. now, you know? But back then, and it, maybe we sound like old old people, but it just felt so much more pure and so much more authentic. And it was coming from like a real rich place of like pure goodness, you know? It's just like, uh, it was like, oh, this is so, so good, you know? I don't yeah. feel like that much, but maybe it's just like, because I'm not from this, era so no no doubt man it was definitely about the art you know it was definitely about the the just in its purest form right i think yes. the performers were all about the music the the just the the, the art the artistic value man and um i don't know maybe we've lost a little bit of that so but it's just different now maybe maybe we're older nico i don't know man i don't know <laughs> yeah i appreciate when i grew up and what i experience with music because it was to me i i love that era so much like the 80s 90s i, I just like i'm like bow down and i still listen to that shit today like I'm just, oh. that's what makes me move that's and sometimes i go back to it because i'm like this is what makes me want to dance like this is what i grew up with and i want to create to it too mm -hmm. yeah yeah every day every day nico i listen to it man some and some you know someone it could be Duran Duran, it could be, you know, The Smiths, The Cure, U2, uh, Prince, Michael Jackson. I mean, someone from that era, 80s, you 90s. Like, you, you, you love you some Lisa Lisa, too. Oh, Lisa Lisa and Cold, yeah, Lisa Lisa and Cold Jam. Yes. You know, you know, I wonder if you take me, all, you know, all those songs. Man. Oh, so good, so good. Can you feel the beat with in my heart? Oh, God. <laughs> right? Yeah, so good. Just, so I mean... Good. Keith Sweat, I mean, yeah, it just oh. goes on. We were spoiled, Nico. We were spoiled, man. We were spoiled. We were spoiled. They don't yeah. understand. They don't understand. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, man. No doubt. So, Nico, when you were, when you were, uh, you know, going back to when you were 16 and stuff, and you you said, wow, this is awesome. You know, this dance, this stuff, this, this performing stuff, this, this, I can see myself doing this. Did you find that you had, a like, a natural talent or natural uh, ability to dance or was it something that you kind of worked at it or I mean did it just and you just had it right away how did that happen well I knew I knew I loved to dance but um once I started maybe training I felt like I I, I did have a natural ability to grasp like choreography or retain movement in a syncopated rhythm like in order so i was like okay there's something in me that i'm like i have i have this skill set where i can remember choreography 
And I remember my mom telling me like, oh, I used to try to make up like choreography in my mind, like to music. And I was like, well, then I probably got it from you and you never really, you know, cause a lot of my family like love music, but they don't never did anything like with that. Like, like they all just had like regular human jobs. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's called, like nine to five, I'm like, oh, you're a regular human. <laughs> right. I, I feel like some of my gift, my skill set, I do get from my mom because she she knows that she's like, yes, I I always wanted to create and like dance to music. And maybe you got some of that. Um, but yeah, definitely when I started learning and training in classes, I was like, there's something in me that I think that this this comes natural. It comes natural. And so I was like, yes, this is a skill set that I can train on and get better with. Yeah. 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 No doubt. No doubt, man. It's, uh, I know growing up, I was, uh, trying to, you know, break dance and break dance is a whole different thing, but I mean, uh, well, I, think I, I learned a little bit of break dancing because I did, um, culture shock Oakland. And okay. So we learned a bunch of fundamentals. So I didn't know some moves, a little CC, a little like, crab walks, <laughs> a little flare. And I know all the like, and I respect it so much because it's such a awesome like um, thing to have within the hip hop and hip hop dance. Um, so yeah, we I do have so much respect for that. Uh, but yeah, like I had to learn a little bit of break dance elements as well. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt, man. So, so I, you know, you're 16, 17. Let's talk about a little bit about your journey uh, coming down to Los Angeles. You know, what, what, what kind of sparked that? What kind of inspired that for you? When did you say, you know what, I'm going to move to LA? Uh, or what was your thought process you know, at that moment, at that point in your life? And talk about that, man. Talk about that uh, decision to move to LA and pursue uh, your dreams and, and, and that stuff and that sort of stuff. Okay, so I, w I was dancing with maybe like a, a crew at the time in Vallejo called uh, uh, Impact. Um, uh, yeah, in Vallejo with Greg Chapkis. He's like a Russian guy that opened a, a studio uh, over there. But I had friends, two of my friends, Angela Henderson and Giancarlo. And um, maybe we... we Maybe it was just me or me and Angela had come down previously to maybe take some dance classes in LA and or also audition. I ended up getting an agent maybe like in 2005. And then we were friends in the Bay Area. I had to go back because, you know, my life is there. My work is there. I'm like trying to go to school or whatnot. And then... Um, I was like, yeah, I got an agent. And they were like talking about like, yo, maybe, maybe we should all move down. I was like, yeah, sure. But I was like, whatever, it's not going to happen. 2006 comes along and uh, Angela and Giancarlo are like, we're moving. We're going. And I was like, oh, shit. I have a full-time job in the county for public health in Martinez. I'm living in Concord um, with two other roommates. And like, I'm like, do I want to live in LA and pursue that? I was like, this is my chance because two of my friends are going and I can like literally get help and like, you know, I don't have to be on my own. Yeah. 
So we made this decision to like move together, two Latino guys and one black girl. And we were like, let's do it. And um, I lived in the, <laughs> in the living room, sharing a living room on a couch with someone else on a cot uh, for probably the first year and a half. And now I'm now I'm in my own place, but like, that just goes to show like the, the journey of it, you know, it was like wanting to be here, first of all, getting an agent, maybe coming, but then having your friends decide that they want to go. And I'm like, I'm going with y'all. And we did it. And I never looked back. My parents were like, if it doesn't work out for you, then come back and go to school full time. And I was like, okay. And uh, I never looked back. I was like, this is it for me. This is where I belong. And I'm not going to stop until I, I, I make this like a full-time gig. <laughs> wow. Well, so, so you had, you were working for the county. You had a full, I mean, full-time job, nine to five. You're a regular human, as you said. <laughs> regular human. Right. So you, I mean, you were settled. You were living in Concord. Um, it sounds like you were pretty settled down. I mean, you had. Things I could have definitely like continued and like stayed there and settled and work at a desk job because I, I became, I was a clerk for like, public health nursing and just making packets that they would send out to new um, new moms that had like newborn babies and they were low income and they were like minorities. My mom was a, um, uh, she was a, was, was she, she spoke Spanish to the uh, interpreter. She was an interpreter. Oh. Uh, and she got me those, she, she always took me up all my life. She was like, you get a job here, you get a job here. <laughs> She's always looking out for me like, because I worked for her at a coffee shop in back in middle school at the coffee shop in San Mateo. But then once I got out of uh, high school, she hooked me up with a job in the county for public health as a, like a, a clerk. So I was just like helping out in, in the public health nursing. But then I got my own job as an administrative assistant for healthcare for the homeless in that same kind of, you know, department system, public health system. And I drove the okay. plan for healthcare for the homeless. And I was like making like appointments and like and like helping out patients. And I was like, do this is great, but this is not my passion. So yeah. then then that's why I like, yeah, I was definitely I had I had it, I had it good, but it wasn't what I wanted in 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 the bay for sure. No, I get it, man. I get it. You decided to, you know what, I'm gonna give this a shot, you know. And you did it, man. And uh, a lot of people, you know, they hold back They're for, for whatever reason, you know, their fear, uh, whatever, man, they don't have confidence. Um, when you, when you decided to move to, down to LA, uh, what was your goal? What was your main goal at that moment? I just wanted to dance in music videos. I wanted to be a part of the magic that I saw in the music videos that inspired me, you know? I wanted to be a part of like the work and the training and like everything in the background and like the rehearsals. I wanted to be a part of all of that. It's just like something that like about putting on either making a music video or making a, a stage show that just, that just, I was like, that's some, something in that is drawing me and calling my name that I'm like, I want to be a part of that. Wow, man. And now looking back, I mean, how, what's that feel like looking back and thinking, 
you ever wonder, imagine if I had never taken this leap, you know, what would life life be like for yourself? Um, you ever ponder that? All, all the time. I, mean, I, <laughs> I give total credit to my parents because they're so, they were so like, they were so willing to let me go. You know, a lot of parents might stifle their children's decision to do what they want. And for me, like they've been so open to every single thing and just loving and caring. And I, I couldn't ask for better parents. Like they, they're the best. And uh, because of them, I'm here. They, they let me go with the most like love. They, they, they gave me $200 a month, <laughs> you know? And I was like, great, okay, I have to make the rest. But then after like three years, I was like, I'm on my own. But they literally were like helping me out while I was out here. So I I, I can't thank them enough. And also like, I just, um, yeah, when I think back of like what I wanted to do before I came here and now I'm like kind of like living my dream because. In my, in my mind, I'm like, it's all perspective, right? It's like, I'm here when people wish they were here. And I'm like, I'm teaching at like the major studios and I get to like choreograph and work with artists and do all this stuff. I'm like, maybe it's not as big as I want it to be, but at the same time, like I'm still living my dream. I'm working as a dancer and choreographer as a living. So I can't complain. Like that, that is, that was the dream. And I'm doing it in a level where I feel like it's respectable. And I'm like, okay, we're going to get up there. But right now, I still should, I should, I should kind of be grateful that I'm at the level I am too. No doubt, Nico. I, I uh, yeah, man, good for you, man. Good for you. And yeah, shout out to your parents for being supportive and, and loving and, and like you said, like a lot of parents like stifle, like you said, um, or hold you back or hold their their you know their kid back because of whatever, you know. Hey, you know, stay keep the safe route. You have a job. You have a nine to five. You're you have security or whatever, whatever. But um, but yeah, you know, it all worked out. Um, so when you first came to LA, where did you live, and uh, how long did it take you to get your first gig? as a dancer? Well, I, I immediately, we moved to North Hollywood, which is like more like cheaper route of like LA. It's like in the valley. And yeah. I'm still in North Hollywood. And I'm literally, oh my God, this is kind of crazy. I literally live my own place, right? But I literally live two apartments, two like complexes, apart from my first apartment. Oh, really? <laughs> crazy. Um, uh -huh. Yeah. Um, but how long did it take to get my first gig? Yeah. Um, it depends what you mean gig, because I started doing maybe like bar mitzvahs or, and bat mitzvahs with like a DJ. So I used to get on Craigslist. I was like, maybe I'm not going to uh, just like get a big gig. But then I started like getting on Craigslist and there's like little gigs you can do. Um, and so I, I, I started working for this DJ and we would do like parties for like um, bat mitzvahs and bar mitzvahs. And that was like my gig on the weekend. But the first job I had out here, my friend from the Bay Area, 
moved out here as well. And he was a manager for uh, Forever 21 at the Beverly Center. And oh, yeah. Bob at XXI, and I was like this main store. So I was working at the Beverly Center, and I remember getting off the Beverly Center and be like, oh my God, I'm living in LA. And I would like smoke a cigarette. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Oh, this was like, oh, this was like fucking, what, 15 years ago. So I was like a little kid and I was just like, oh, I'm living my life. And I'm yeah. like, I was so happy, even though I had, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't where I wanted to be, but I was here. Yeah. That, that made me excited that I was where I, I was going to grow my career, you know? So I started in retail. I started in retail and eventually got into like dance. Yeah, yeah. But what was the first, uh, the first gig? Maybe where you? It was. Uh, I mean, it was a higher level gig. Uh, maybe for someone, uh, an artist, or maybe a well known artist, or or just a, you know, just where you said, okay, this is a this is a solid professional dance gig. Now I feel good about this. You know, not that you did it with the bar mitzvahs and all that, but you know, yeah. higher level. You know what I mean? Yeah, I did. I did some professional production stuff but like the artist mm -hmm. like there's this artist called Steffi Ray where I was like an extra in and then there was like um this alternative group where like some of us like were in Universal Studios they're just like small things I was never like a lead there's this group called NLT we were in the music video all day long people had to get in the swimming pool um so NLT and then I danced back up for like um what's the name the two girls I'm a rock star uh Prima J I danced back up for Prima J um but my main thing was uh trying to get like a teaching gig so I think my big come up was when I finally started teaching at Millennium Dance Coma yeah Oh, okay. And, and when you're, you're still there, right? Well, they they've been closed for a while, but oh. I'm 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 coming back in April for sure. Yeah, I have a slot again on the weekends. Okay, good, good. Yeah, yeah. So so oh my goodness. So um, you at that point when uh, did you talk a little bit about? Um, was there ever a moment or maybe moments where you felt where you felt like, ah, this is just isn't working out? Um, you know, I don't I don't know about this, you know, maybe I should head home. Um, and if you did, uh, how did you kind of what did you do to overcome those thoughts and to and to push forward? Yeah, but that there's definitely a dark time. Um 25, I wanna say, I went through like a really bad like depression, which I didn't even know was depression at the time. Um, I just felt like something was wrong with me. And I hadn't dealt with certain things. Now looking back, I want to say like, I had suppressed the feeling of like, oh, I'm here by myself. I'm all on my own. This is all on me. And I put that pressure on myself. Like, if I if I fuck up, it's all my fault. Like, I chose to be here, and I have no one in LA to help me out. 
I luckily like, okay, I'm only a drive away to California, which is more you, what you can say for other people that move here, you know? So yeah. in that aspect, I am like, I'm lucky, you know, but I was still, I'm, I'm that kind of person that tries to like, like handle it on my own before like asking for help. Yeah. Um, definitely 25 years old. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Is this going to work out? This, this, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely went home for a bit. My mom was like, go see a doctor. And yeah, they, they said, I was like depressed. They tried to put me on like medication and I was like, "Mm, I don't know if I want to take this. My mom was like, you don't have to, you don't have to, if you don't want to, don't take it. I didn't take it. I decided to like ride it out, you know, either it was like exercise, meant just like try to like fix my life on my own, basically without medicine, change my uh-huh. whatever. But uh, eventually I got out of that, that hole. And uh, I'm just grateful that I, and some people need it. Some people need medication, but yes, that was a rough time because in your mid twenties and you're on your own and you're, you're in this industry where like you always question yourself, am I good enough? You know? So that was definitely a rough time, but um, yeah, we made it out and we became better and we grew up from it and we learned from it. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I'm glad you, yeah, you stuck it out. You were persistent. You were positive. I mean, you're again, you leaned on your, your, your parents for the support system. And like you said, you weren't too far away from home. You're, you know, a, a hour flight, you know, or in a four or five really hour drive. Like, some people can't take that hour flight or like drive four and a half hours back home. So I was like, if I ever needed them, I know that they'd be there and they're always going to welcome me. So. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Um, so forward a little bit, Nico, I, I, tell us about your experience with uh, uh, dancing back up for Pink at the American Music Awards in 2010. 2010, that must have been something for yourself. Uh, I, I think at that point it was you were five years in, in, in your journey here in L.A., right? About five or six years. Talk about that a little bit. That was like one of my highlights for sure. And I got to do that with like one of my best friends that I had, uh, I was um, a work study at Millennium on the front desk, so I would work to get free classes. And my one of my friends, I, I had no idea, but like, literally, I got that job off of Twitter. <laughs> really? The choreographer Hi-Hat, which is like a really amazing choreographer, well-known, so famous, worked with, with, with Missy Elliott on like, creating that whole like vibe that Missy has. So Hi-Hat was looking for like um, dancers and she was just like, send me your headshots. I was like, I sent her my headshot. She's like, you're booked, you got it. And then they, they went through my agency. And then I come to find out, I went to rehearsal. I was like, bitch, like my best, one of my good friends is here too. And um, yeah, he said that he got the call from his agent. I was like, really? Cause I just sent in my shit straight to the choreographer. So I got that gig from um, Twitter through Hi-Hat and uh, she hired me. And then 
we didn't have to learn any choreography. It was like, you come out at the end of the performance and you dance. And I, I just felt like, oh, this is it. Like, this is what I want more of. Unfortunately, that was my only award show performance that I did. I wish I could say I've done more, but um, it was very magical because I got to see some people do their sound checks. I, I, I got, I got to see Katy Perry do her sound check. I got to see um, what's her name? Um, it's now or never. I'm gonna live forever. Oh my gosh! What's your name? I was gonna live one. Oh, life. that's is, it, is that um, Bon Jovi? Bon Jovi. Oh, okay. Was performing that, and I got to sit in like the second row after our tech and was like watching Bon Jovi do his tech. And I was like, I love this song. I love them back. <laughs> now Katy Perry was another thing. Cause I was like, she's kind of crazy, but um, no pink, pink is a professional. She was pregnant at the time and um, sang her ass off. She had to like come down from this high, like platform and came down in front of the dancers. And she just wanted an eclectic, um group of like people drag queens and all kind of minorities dancing around her she had like a skateboard and cheerleaders doing flips like she had the most yeah i saw it i remember her being super professional and super talented and was like let's do this and she was pregnant at the time i was like fuck yeah like <laughs> go off bitch <laughs> <laughs> wow so so with that performance and that gig right for yourself did that kind of um catapult you or propel you to another level or to did you did you book more gigs based off of I don't, that? I don't think so i was like i was like super young still and i was just like okay well what's next and i would i would list i would literally just wait for the other uh, the next audition you know it's just like what's next and i would wait to for my agency to send me to a certain audition. But now knowing that I'm like, I could have made my own career just like on my own. Like I just, you just, if you, if they don't send you to it or give it to you, then you just gotta create it on your own. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. you have to make stuff happen, right? I mean, yeah. it's definitely a hustle. Oh, right? you gotta grind. And and that's something that my the, the girl that I moved to LA with, like she was always hustling and grinding and doing gigs in the Bay Area. And she was like, yeah, you just gotta look for it or like just make it happen. And I was like, okay, bitch, let's, let's <laughs> So I've, I've kind of always been surrounded by that uh, hustle grind mentality. And I'm like, I kind of realized like, yeah, you gotta make it happen on your own. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, you always see the movies, right? It's almost, in the movies, right, the, the, for the dancer, the struggling dancer who, I mean, you, you see, for example, Showgirls or, or um, Burlesque with Christina Aguilera uh, and in other movies, right? And then you always, uh, it's that typical, you know, Hollywood, you know, rags to riches story where the dancer comes up and just ends up propelling and catapulting the stardom. I've always been fascinated with that a facet of of of, of um, dancing, you know, like yeah, it's 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 a physical, you know, you're actually obviously you're moving, 
your dancing, your it's I mean, it is wow. I am like, you know, it's mental, it's pressed, it's emotional. Mm -hmm. it, it it like takes a lot out of you, but it's definitely the passion behind it that drives you. And I feel like a lot of people that make it remind themselves constantly of like why they started because they love what they do and they also feel like not a lot of people can do what they do you know so it's definitely a competitive field but yes um, what you can get out of it is is like an amazing life because you do what you love and you're getting paid for it so. yeah. no doubt no doubt nico and, and you know um, I was watching this documentary uh, about Michael Jackson. It, it was probably the, the most recent documentary made on him. And it was documenting his last uh, tour before he passed. And they were auditioning these dancers. I mean, these guys were incredible, incredible dancers, you know. And I'm like, wow, every, every single one of them looked like they could be the one, you know, be hired to work for Michael Jackson. But they were kind of um, giving insight and commentary on those dancers, on those auditions. And I was just fascinated, man. Like, these guys, you have to bring it. You know, you have to bring it. You have to exude, just exude the the it factor, right? Or, or else you're not going to get a job, man. But I was just like, it's just, it's competitive uh, at a level that I, I, I mean, it's just, just, I can't even fathom the competition, man. It's, it's amazing. You know, and, and kudos to you, man. I, I mean, that's it's like super impressive. You got to put yourself in mindset. It's like, this is. I'm sorry. This is what's going to put. Like, this, oh, we're kind of like choppy up. But I'm like, you got to put yourself in mindset when you go to these auditions. I'm like, this is my bread on the table. Like, this is what's going to make me money for the rent. This is like, this is the end all be all. So I got to go all in for this. Otherwise. There's no money for groceries. There's no money for rent. Like, and so it's like this do or die mentality of like, I'm going to go harder than you. And no, I'm going to do this harder than you. So it, it's very competitive when you go to these auditions back in the day. Who knows how it's going to be going forward. But mm -hmm. it was very much this like, oh, I'm coming for you. And I'm gonna get this job, and I think that's what you had to go in there, like thinking. Otherwise, yes. you'd be defeated. You know, so that's the, the best in LA. Like you come to LA to fight against the best, and you better be trained and prepared for that. And then I also love that that it's what pushed me to be better. So it's like you come here in LA, you better be ready for it because it's yeah. the whole mind game too. Absolutely, Nico. Absolutely. No, I just that uh, that. I mean, you have all these talented inv individuals in one room, you know, and everybody's just pushing each other. Wow. Levels of just, it's that's incredible, man. Yeah, yeah. Because everybody's doing this. Everybody has that mindset, right? I'm getting this gig. I have to eat. I have to feed myself. I have to pay my rent, like you said. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah. World. Interesting. In, in those auditions are like, in, it's incredible. It's like something, I don't know. It's just, it's so crazy. Like the world, like just like dance world 
goes through to like get a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And it's, it's so speaking of auditioning, Nico, I'm, I'm sure you've auditioned individuals yourself. And so two questions, what do you look for in a dancer when they're auditioning? And what makes, I mean, it's kind of a hand in hand question. To, um, and what makes a great dancer, not a good dancer, what makes a great dancer? Okay, well, what makes a great dancer is like authenticity, um, individuality, um, their passion, and um, a self-awareness, like a sense of self and uh, how they own their own body. Um, styles are gonna always going to be different, so I can't say too much in that realm about like musicality and cleanliness because sometimes their style might be a little bit loose and not, it doesn't have to be so clean, but they're exuding such passion and individuality that we're drawn to that, right? Because we're mm -hmm. like, oh, this is different and it looks so cool. So it's that like it factor that we can't explain unless mm -hmm. we see it. Um, but when I audition people, I want to see confidence. I want to see um, cleanliness. I want to see um, that they have stamina, you know, that they can keep up and that they're healthy enough to like keep going because you're going to dance on stage. So do you have that stamina and keep that energy, yeah. you know? Um, and musicality, do they have an ear for the timing um, that I'm giving them and um, and still be clean? I love a clean dancer, clean lines and dynamics, like the difference between like a smooth groove movement, but you can still give me like a clean line and then show the difference of like that tension and then that you can flow, you know? <laughs> So not always having the same energy behind your movement, but switching it up. So it's like a roller coaster. It's like, well, up and down. You're always drawing in the audience with the the, the control that you mm -hmm. have behind the energy that you're exuding. Boom. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's great. No, that's, no cab in there. <laughs> I love it. No, I love it. Nico, it's, it's, uh, it's educational for me, man. I, something from every episode that I do, man. I learned something, and uh, thank you, man. But and so it, it's poetry in motion. It's poetry in motion, right? Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah. It, and so talk talk a little bit about the um, your experience working with Britney Spears. Uh, I know you did some choreography, right, on one of her tours. Uh, talk a little bit about that experience, man. How was that? Oh, super cool. Um, there's these two great female choreographers that are like known in the business here called Shanique and Lisette. They're like a pair and they're like mentors to a lot of dancers, but they brought me on along with my best friend that I actually did the AMAs with, Todd Flanagan. Uh, they knew him pretty well. And I think they wanted to see, they saw some of my work um, at a showcase and Think they were interested in seeing like it, what I could bring to the table. So they were like, yeah, Todd, and let's bring in Nico. So I assisted them in creating for their spot on the Bring Spears Femme Fatale tour. Um, and it was this song called How I Roll. Very like old school, like just cheesy, fun dancing. 
there, there was a car that was, that was going to be brought out. We had to move her from some speakers and stuff like that. So, yeah, that was a really cool experience having to, like, oh, my God. I was like, holy shit. Like, they want me to help them create for a Britney Spears show. Like, that's insane. So I was very much excited. And, um, yeah, I tried to help out as much as I can. Ended up getting some movement. My And my friend, he got a whole section where she was, like, doing a solo. And I helped out with doing like a breakdown. So it was just one song, but that one song for me, like I was like, the fact that I got to do that and put her on my resume, it was great. Now, the time that she was working on this show, like the background of it, she had recently come out of like her crazy shaving the head era. Yeah. And um, <laughs> being, uh, work study at Millennium, we got to see how hectic all that was because she used to call Millennium and say, like, can I get a room? And the owner was like, of course, of course you can. But the paparazzi is following her everywhere. Mm -hmm. There's even helicopters like following her every move. So she would come in. I, I think I've seen her come into the studio either to dance on her own to like music and or like she wanted to teach kids like she was like give me a class of kids and they did they got a class of kids and she was able to like teach a dance class to kids but um after all of that i saw how like hectic it was we i literally didn't i i can't say i worked with her i worked for her because she we came in, we worked with the dancers and an assistant. And once the, the whole thing was done, she came in to watch it, was like by my side, I pressed play. She got to see everything that we choreographed and she goes, I love it and left. And, and I think she worked that way with a lot of choreographers that time. She came back in to learn her movement through the assistant. That was her standard at the time. So I think it was the way, like either her way or like her people's way to kind of not have her, I don't know, involved with so many people and just to kind of keep her a little bit more like protected, you know? Gotcha, yeah. It, it was cool, but at the same time it was weird. It was just weird like that that was the way that we were working without her and we wouldn't see her do it until she did the show. So. Oh, wow. Okay. So, but, so you didn't really get to interact with her and have conversations yeah. no, with no. her and per se. But I, I know a lot of friends that have worked with her. And even on that tour, some of my good friends were dancing for her. And I was like, I'm over here choreographing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really cool to work together in that aspect, you know. But literally, they, they only know her part of the time because she keeps herself secluded and her team probably tries to keep it separated as well, you know? Got you, got you, yeah. It's oh. a weird time for her. And I think it's still kind of like a weird time. But the fact that I'm like, <laughs> no, my choreography is on one of her tours. I'm like very proud of 
that I got that um, opportunity. Which tour was that again, Nico? Femme Fatale. Femme it's, it's like before cir the circus one. Yeah. So 2010, 2011, 2012? Yeah, I, would, I, I think so. Yeah, it was close enough from the pink performance. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know what fascinates me about dancers, Nico, is how quickly they can grasp uh, or remember, memorize a, a number, right? Or a routine. I mean, you have to be, you have to be, have to be able to do that, right? Mm -hmm. Auditions and you got to pick it up like that, right? Is that something that's criti critical? When yeah, I mean, that's a skill set that you have to train in. You have to like, it's like um, a muscle memory. Like you have to like train that like any, any other muscle, uh, that memory, you know, retaining choreography um, and getting better at it is just something that you have to practice. You have to constantly um, practice that little skill set or else you might lose it. No doubt. No doubt. That's a, uh, it's kind of like an act. Eh, I mean, actor, maybe an actor remembering his lines or something like that, you know, it up. Um, Nico, what's the greatest compliment or maybe one of the greatest compliments you've received or the greatest compliment that you've received, received uh, in regards to your um, choreography? I would say that it feels natural, that it, it just makes sense. <laughs> I feel like my, um, I, I never try to force anything with my choreography. Like I want it to feel good. You know, mm -hmm. so if someone comes at me and says like, oh, yeah, your, your your stuff makes sense. It feels good. And it just, the, it transitions so well, even though some people are like, your weight changes are crazy, but they're like, oh, I love that they, they, they have this little light bulb of like, oh, this feels like it's supposed to go together. I love that. I love that. Because I want them to feel like, yeah, this is how it's supposed to move. This is natural and it connects very well. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, I, I saw your Christmas production that you just did in, in this past Christmas in December. And um, I think you had uh, about, I want to say at least 20 dancers, right? As part of that production. Um, well, are you talking about that Christina one? The, the one with, um, it's Christmas time. Yeah, that I reposted that because I had that on my YouTube. Oh. And it's an old, it's like one of my oldest Christmas productions. Cause oh. I, I like to like do things. I'm very like festive when it comes to like um, seasons or like diff different holidays. I like to do something for like Christmas or like pride or like, um, yeah, anything like fun. So I decided upon myself to do like this little Christmas video uh, on my own because I love the song. So I got a, like 20 dancers involved. We did like three rehearsals. Each one was like two and a half hours. And I just split it up. I just like was like, okay, you can make it to this. You're going to do this section. 
okay, this rehearsal, we're going to do this section. You can make it to this. Okay, then you're in section, this section. Because I think when it comes down to schedules, like availability is the hardest thing when it comes to rehearsals. It's like, who's available? Who wants to do this when I'm not paying you? You know, I'm not paying you. This is just like a passion project, but it's going to be online. And I want it to be like almost like a calling card, like almost like my, like, promotion my marketing for like this is what i can give you as a production as a video like i do choreography we can do costumes and like i'll do it on my own just so it's out there in the youtube world you know and i love that christina song and of course i'm like a huge christina mariah fan so <laughs> I'll, I'll do that yeah yeah no doubt no doubt but uh yeah i really enjoyed that uh thank you thank you that was like that was a long, long time ago. I re I've recently done like probably two, uh, two two other Christmas videos with Millennium, which Millennium Dance Complex Studio hired me to do because I feel like they caught on to like I love doing like all these production videos. So we did two other Christmas videos through that studio afterwards. Maybe maybe the that first video got them and I was like, dang, <laughs> like they see that I could do it. I do it once and then I'm the, they they call me again. And I was like, great. No doubt, man. No doubt. Nico, you've come a long way, man. You've come a long way. At this point in your career, I mean, what's next for you, man? What are some you know, some future, some goals that you have set for yourself still that you want to accomplish? As a performer, as a, I know I, I, I was listening to that podcast you did uh, with um, Opinion, with, with your cousins, you were mentioning um, a few things that you want to do. And one thing that really caught my attention was the um, the escape room. It's it's kind of a thing. It's not an escape room. It's a, it's a variation of that. It's in New York City uh, and where you can, and you were describing it on that episode and... Um, I was going to ask you to kind of re-explain it to refresh my memory. And it's a thing where you could follow in, you go into a hotel room, right? The setting's a hotel room and there's different actors, different characters, right? And you can follow one, you can choose which one you want to follow, right? And something like that. Can you kind of elaborate on that a little bit? Just kind of refresh my memory. It sounded so cool. It's, it's a whole building. It's not yes. even a hotel room. It's like a building that has different floors and um it's called sleep no more and um you wear a mask and there's actors inside that don't talk but you you're able to follow any actor you want and it takes you through this whole story and i think it's the story of like macbeth some people might be like no it's not but whatever i think <laughs> the story of macbeth and like the, the witches and like there's whole this whole like ending dining room scene where they're like in slow motion it's so good it's it's kind of crazy like i i go when i'm drunk and i love it <laughs> and it's just like wow every single time is a different experience and going to that and going to like set i love escape rooms i love yeah. doing the puzzles and like you open up a different room and i and i thought to myself like what what if we kind of put this all together where it's dance and production and it's also like the audience interacts to get themselves through this 
production, but there's a little Cirque du Soleil involved. There's music, there's performances, there's dancers, there's actors. It's more elaborate, right? Of course, it's going to take more money or whatever, but I'm just like, that is the dream. Like, I want this, like, escape room, interactive, get through. And sometimes you don't always go through all the rooms, so everyone's like, oh, we didn't make it that far, but did you get to this room? No, but you got to go again to get to this room. You see what I'm saying? That's the marketing behind it. It's like you sometimes might not get through it, so you got to pay again to come back and get to the next room. Oh, I got it. A whole another performance and thing, and it's interactive, and you help solve the problem and, like, get get Dorothy's shoes, Cinderella lost her slipper, like, let's get the prince, but, like, get through the bushes, and the queen of hearts is going to kill you, but how many queens do you need to be the royal flash? Like, you know, you got to solve it. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Someone's going to steal my idea now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Don't, don't give away too much. <laughs> but, I mean, that, that takes, like, contractors, that takes money, and I'm just like... Maybe one of these days, I'm just going to fucking take out a loan and be like, let's fucking do it in downtown LA in a warehouse, and and we're going to blow this shit up. Like, I, I want to do it. I want to do a Christmas-themed thing with a forest, candy canes, a little, like, scary Christmas thing, and you have to go through it. Like, you know, you got to make it interactive nowadays, and you got to make it so, like, people share it on their social media because mm-hmm. people want an experience. People want an experience that they want to share that they don't have. And when they see it, they're like, oh, I haven't been there yet. We got to go and I have to share that on my social media. Yeah. And people, I feel validated that I went there, you know? No doubt. No yeah. doubt. Yeah. So that's, that's... I, when, Once my one little, like, thing that I have that I would want to do in the in the future for sure but, but i'm not there yet and it's just a it's just an idea but i, yeah. I keep it out there trying to manifest it oh yeah of course no but but you know what man i mean i wouldn't doubt your ability to to make that come to fruition man based on everything you accomplished and anything dance related though that you want to kind of still still want to um, oh, i want to choreograph for broadway Choreograph for commercials, choreograph for music videos and movies. Like, um, I don't know. I, I, I do still love, uh, I, I work with a lot of artists, especially like uh, LGBT artists for their like shows for like the Pride Festival festivals. And it just makes me happy that they have this whole like production that they can put forward and like they present their music with. Um, uh-huh. I, I love working with artists and making them feel comfortable and confident in their performances. Um, but I also feel like I just, I want to work on the big scale. I want to do production. I want to do like, I want to direct and I want to um, do Broadway. I w- I'm like so ready for Broadway once it opens, <laughs> but I don't live in New York, but um, I've, I've actually did a little mini musical for Lynn Manuel and The Rock John Dwayne The Rock Johnson for their like fake musical after they finished with uh, Moana, we we uh, did like this little fake thing with their with the Rock's company. I don't know how they found me. They 
helped me through something, maybe my assistant, and uh, I was able to do like six numbers for them, like fake musical, but that was super fun. So I'm ready to do like, so like I work fast. I, I, I know like once I get the music and they tell me the direction, like I'm, I'm ready. I'm just, I want to work so bad. And like, I, I've been through, through the, I don't know, through the woods to like know like what I got to do, be prepared and show up and like, let's go, you know? I think being prepared is like the best part, like that's going to make you successful because once you show up, you're just like, I'm ready for anything. Yeah. Right. And it just gives you a, a just, a, I don't know, a level of confidence, man. When you know you're, you got your shit down, you're ready. You're just, yeah, let's go. yeah. there's no hesitation. Um, but so New York might like be, a man. what's that? What? Oh, oh I felt like I talked about right there. No, no, I hate no, talking. no, I hate talking about myself. So, like, I have to have a little drink because I'm like, I'm, otherwise, yeah. I, I wouldn't like it. I feel you. I feel you, Nico. Whenever I do interviews, when I'm the, on the other side, on the other chair, you know, it's, I feel funny. I feel weird, you know. And uh, so I get it. I get it, man. But but I was gonna, I was going to say, is New York City might be the next move then. I mean, who knows? I, I've been there. I've been there. I like the grind and the hustle and the talent and the inspiration. I don't like the, the um, public transportation. I can't do that. I like hopping <laughs> in my car and just like going to my destination with just being like by myself. Cause I'm like, I don't like the whole aspect of like, I'm trying to get to work and you, your crazy homeless person is like in my ear and threatening me. And now you switched up my whole vibe for the day. Oh. And I've talked to like plenty of New Yorkers about this. One of my best friends, Candace Brown lives in LA. And I'm like, you're just always on your guard. Like you're just like, you have that energy of like always ready to <laughs> go and defend yourself and i'm like i'm not about that like that's that takes too much of my energy and um i get it it's really congested in new york i i yeah. i i'm okay in california and the weather <laughs> the weather is better here oh yeah and they'll tell you that too <laughs> yeah yeah no here's in new york oh my god horrendous I, horrendous so I've been, yeah, we're, I've been, we're very lucky to be here, but we pay for it. We pay for it. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've been in New York City one time, Nico, and it was in December. Right. And so it was in the winter, obviously. And yeah, it was it was cold. I mean, I had a blast. And but uh, but yeah, you hit it. You hit it on the head. You know, it's yeah, it's a whole it's a different vibe. Right. Obviously, you know, it, it's it's a, it's a different town. It's a different world all together yeah it's to, like i already have to deal with that like that aggressiveness and the competition here but over there is it's a whole nother level it's very like do or die but yeah. that's why a lot of people move from new york to to be in the like the dancing here and to like audition and choreograph and they do very well because they have that mentality of already of like oh i'm gonna fucking 
killed and said, I'm going to do this no matter what, you know? So that instinct kind of drives you and it kind of gives you um, a little level up above the rest. So wow. and it, it comes down to just like living in where you do, you know? So Nico, I just had, I, in that moment, you just said that, you know, um, I, wow. Because I do this podcasting stuff, right? And that's the attitude you gotta have, man. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking succeed. There's no, that's it. Bottom line. There's no, there's no plan B. There's no alternative. There's no. It's not an option. That's it. Wow. I, wow. Sometimes it's like it's good to have all these different like outlets and avenues that you can sure. uh, take income from, but you never know what can come from putting 110% in that one lane that you're truly passionate about. You never know. Because once you find that lane and you succeed in that, then we can come back to all the other ones. You know, we can we can we can do all the other things that we love to do. Like I love to flip furniture. I love to paint. I love to like interior design. I like to like I'm I'm looking to real estate. Like I love that shit too. But what makes me whole, what makes me feel like I have purpose is teaching, is dance. It's like when I can be in the worst of moods, but when I get in the classroom, I'm like, this is where I belong. And this is where I feel whole, you know? So sometimes you gotta, you gotta tell yourself like, Let, let's try this, They'll like give it 100% to see what comes out of it. Because if you spread yourself too thin, you never know. You never know. That's it, man. That's it. You know, you, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nico, last question for you, man. I like to ask all my guests this one question: Who are some, maybe one or two or three individuals that you've um, that have inspired you that you would love to sit down? and have dinner with, man. It could be anyone. It could be celebrity, it could be personal friend, it could be family, whatever. Um, I would love to have dinner with Oprah Winfrey. Okay. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez, Lynn manuel Barack Obama. So far, they're all like uh, minorities, right? <laughs> People of color that like inspired me um christina aguilera mm. <laughs> um yeah people that paul well i actually met paula abdul but i would love to have dinner with her as well pick her brain um yeah just the people that i grew up like being inspired by and uh just not even to like give, give me information for my life i'm just like Let's have a good dinner, and I want to say thank you for inspiring me because at the end of the day, it's not what they're going to tell you that changes a lot changes your life. It's your actions that are going to change your life. No doubt, no doubt, man. No, that's a great list. Great list, phenomenal. Uh, who who is the uh, Lynn? Did you say Lynn Manuel? Oh yeah, Lynn Manuel is the one that. Um, created in the Heights music, uh, Broadway musical, and he's also Hamilton 
he created Hamilton. Um, he was in the new Mary Poppins. Um, he also wrote the music in Moana, like a Latino from New York that oh. I'm just like, if you're Latino and you're out there, I praise you because when I came up, there wasn't a lot of Latinos that I felt like I could see myself, you know, doing that, you know? So now I'm just like, I look for it. And whenever there's a Latino girl, Latino boy in my class, I, I'm like, Hey, you could do this. You could do this because I see myself in their shoes and I, I want to give that inspiration and, and hopefully they know that they, they can do it. No doubt. No, man. Nico, man, I, it's been a pleasure having you come on and, and getting to know you better. Um, I want to thank you before you leave, man. Um, where can the people follow you? Where can they connect with you? You want to go ahead and plug your social media, or websites, anything like that? Yeah, uh, follow me at, at Nico underscore O'Connor, and that's O'Connor with an O-R. Um, Nico is like, you know, so Nico, yeah. And then <laughs> O'Connor is like great grandfather is from Ireland, and he made it, he was in the military made his way down to Nicaragua, that's how I got the last name. So follow me at Nico underscore O'Connor. Uh, and that's all my, you can find me Nico O'Connor on YouTube and Nico O'Connor on like Facebook. Uh, I have a lot of YouTube videos up that a lot of people probably don't know I have, but yes, you can find me there. There it is, there it is. I wish you nothing but the best, Nico. You're always welcome back here. Um, I can't wait to see what's next for you, man. I honestly can't, I can't wait. So I'll be Thank checking you out, I'll be following. I appreciate you having me and I wish you the best of luck in all your future endeavors. And I hope you just blow up. <laughs> so we blow up together. Okay, brother. <laughs> Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Thank you so much, Nico. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. My man, Nico O'Connor choreographer, dance instructor, extraordinaire. Go follow him. Go watch his videos. Go learn. He is uh, phenomenal. Phenomenal. You'll, you'll watch his videos and you're just going to be blown away. Um, so just that's the bottom line. But um, I am so glad that you're here watching with us, listening. Uh, again, subscribe to Profile Pot TV on YouTube. Leave us a rate and review. Follow me on Instagram. Leave me a DM. Say uh, say hi. Tell me. Uh, give me some feedback. Tell me what you like about the show or don't like about the show. Whatever. Um, for Nico O'Connor, once again, ladies and gentlemen, this is Pro Profile Pod TV. I'm Double A, your host. We will be back next week for another splendid episode of the pod. And um, I can't thank you enough. It's been fun, Nico. And we'll, we'll see you soon. So, ladies and gentlemen, for Nico Connor, I'm Double A. Always reminding you to take it easy. Hey.